You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. Does anybody know what we're talking about? Come on, we're, we're what? It's on, it's on the screen there for you in training. Uh, I need to do a little bit of review. As you know, in the last few years, I typically will limit a series to about six weeks. Once in a while, it goes seven or eight weeks, but six weeks. And I just really uh, honestly feel divinely directed that we've continued this series. We're now in week 14. And uh, I'll tell you the truth. We've got a couple more weeks that will go on in training. Uh, And with all of that and and with the importance of the information, we have to review each week. And so I've tried a little something different this weekend and got somebody to help me uh, to review. So how many of you feel like you got a pretty good grasp on where we're at so far? Just kind of the basics talking, talking about this. Okay. Just kind of looking around. All right. You good? All right. Does anybody feel like they could really help me up here that you could actually come up here and everybody starts looking down at that, (laughs) at that point. I, I know, I know how this goes. You know, when I was in school, I couldn't wait for book report day. I couldn't wait for debate class, you know, and there are others that were much smarter, but they would get sick and throw up on those days, you know, just, just nervous about doing it. So, um, Sally, you think you might would want to help me? Cause I know you're like, you're real sharp note taker. Come on up. Come on up. Give Sally a good hand here. You can do it. I forgot. I'm going to help you up here. First service, I didn't get it over here. The lady ran from the back to help, and she was she did an awesome job. Uh, so tell us, tell us your name. Sally. That's Sally. And how long have you been coming to Meadowbrook? Oh, Sixteen years. Sixteen years. And uh, and what do you do? Do I have to tell? No, you don't have to tell them what you do. She's running for president. No, we don't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't want to tell you that. It had to do with tax bills and things, so we're not going to... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this whole thing out. Uh, well, there's a lot of things we've been trying to do, like spelling, and uh, trying to do that we actually should be what? Train, yeah. Okay, go ahead and write that up, up there. Up, up here. Yeah. Training. Okay. Training. Okay, very good. Okay, now, something that makes training, training, rather than just I tried something, starts with C. It's a very important thing. Starts with C. What is that? You can do a, a, a lifeline. <laughs> consistency. Okay, so just put a C right under here. Okay? All right, so consistency uh, helps us. Because otherwise, it's just an event. Uh, Olympics. The Olympics years ago, my brother and I were inspired by Dave Waddle. We were just kids. Anybody remember Dave Waddle, World Baseball hat, incredible runner? We decided next Olympics, we're there. So the next day after the Olympics, my brother and I started training. That was Tuesday, and that was the end of our training. Okay? So that was not actually training because training involves consistency. Now, there's a whole lot of things under kind of an umbrella here. Prayer, study of the word, uh, fellowship, solitude, serving, a number of those things. And what are those things? What have we called those things? What are those spiritual 
spiritual disciplines. Okay, so give us an SD right, right there, just anywhere. Okay, spiritual disciplines. Now, spiritual disciplines, as we consistently are training, applying these disciplines in our life, it produces something in us in that journey. Do you remember what that is? Don't tell her, don't tell her. Uh, H makes us, it's hard up here, folks. It's hard up here. Okay. Put an H. What's the H for? Okay. And what's the next one? S stable. You remember the next one? F fruitful. Good. And then one more blessed. And let me ask you this one. Don't help her. And we're blessed so that we can be a blessing. So give me a big B right there. Okay. Now, is this the goal to be happy, stable, fruitful, blessed? No, it's that, but this happens, right? And when we're a blessing, what does that ultimately do? It fills out the ultimate goal, a big G, which is what? God. We get, we give glory to God. Okay. Did Sally do a good job or what here? Okay. All right. Here, I'll give you cash and prizes. Okay. Okay. So I got the solitude CD or tough times don't last book. Which one? Okay. But I'm going to do like God did to Solomon, you know, because you could have had all these, but you asked for this. I'm going to give you both of those. Okay. Hey, and wait, and wait. And so, uh, and a couple coffees too there. Okay. All right. Bless you. Give her a good God bless her. All righty. The spiritual discipline that we're talking about now is words. Everybody say words. Now, This is our third week talking about words because they're so important. If we look at a classical list of the spiritual disciplines, you will not find words on there. But I don't think you can manage the others if you don't have this area taken care of. So the first week of words, we talked about how important they are and that actually the power of death and life are in your words, in your mouth. And so it's very important. How many of you ever killed something before with your words? Okay. And maybe you helped something before with your words and it's, it's very, very important. And the spirit of faith, which we'll talk a little bit more about today. And we talked about how powerful and life changing and mountain moving that that can be. But then last week, uh, I really, and again, I honestly felt divinely directed that before we concern ourselves with issues of this great faith, you have to have words that actually have some kindness in them. Words are containers. Say that. Words are containers. They contain something. You know, how many of you have ever been to the uh, drive-thru at the bank and they got the little bank tubes? Y'all don't get out, do you? Okay. Uh, So you got the little bank tubes there and it's a container. And what does it carry? What you put in it. Puts what you put. Now, don't steal my idea. I'm working on the copy right now, but I want to do human size of those tubes. And so if I needed to get to Atlanta or somewhere, just get in that thing and just go. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be a whole lot easier? All right. Be looking for that because I'm, I'm going to invent that. But, um, but our words are containers and our words carry something and they're to carry kindness They're to impart grace to the people that hear our words. So it's a very important thing. And we constantly, that's constantly going to be up for grabs because, you know, things come up, problems come up. You're under pressure, you're tired, whatever it would be. Uh, They're being unreasonable, you're being unreasonable. And then we got all kinds of words out there. So we've got to be careful as a discipline. 
that our words are containers and they carry kindness and they impart grace to the people who hear. Because if you don't get that part right, forget about trying to build some kind of mountain moving faith. Matter of fact, Paul said this. He said, if you had the brand of faith that could move mountains and yet you can't be kind, you can't love other people. It doesn't make any, it it doesn't matter anyway. And love is kind and so important. We talked about that last week. Now let's look at a few things here regarding our words being incredibly uh, powerful and important. Proverbs 13, three. He who guards his mouth, that's your words. He who guards his mouth preserves his life. But he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction or literally come to ruin. Proverbs 21, 23, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Now, this is not just talking about you shouldn't mouth off to somebody much bigger than you. That's advisable too. Okay. But this, this has to do with. Uh, your life that we're guard your mouth. Don't just open up your mouth and say negative, destructive, uh, hateful things. And, and especially over your family, your situation, your problem, your health, your finances, whatever it would be. We need to be careful that the words that we're releasing because words are what they're containers, they're containers. And we're either turning on life. They're either carrying life or they're carrying Death and even destruction, as we saw there. In Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So it's very important that it's, it's not enough just to not say wrong words. Okay, get this. You say, well, I didn't say anything wrong. No, but did you add any life to it? Bless you. Uh, so it's not enough to just not say wrong words. It's important that we're also turning on and keeping on the laws and the power of life because our words would carry life into a situation. Amen. Now words are containers. And so we have to load them up, load them properly, load them with hope, load them with life, load them with faith. And remember, never use your own mouth to speak against your own hope. Now we could go into this a little bit more on another day. But you have, every person has a spiritual mechanism, okay? And so you have a heart, you have a mouth, you have all of this that goes on. Everybody's a believer. Did you know that? Now, they might be believing in a whole squirrely way, but everybody's a believer. Everybody has the the mechanism uh, to be able to believe. And so your words are containers and and your heart contains, that's where hope is, and then when you use, would use your own mouth and where do your words come from? Where did Jesus say those words proceed up out of your, out of your heart, out of your heart. And so here you've got hope in your heart and then you're going to have words. You're going to somehow not guard your mouth and you're going to speak words that are going to clash against your own hope. That's, that's, uh, that's going to set you back quite a bit there. So just don't use words of doubt. Hear me. Don't use words of doubt. Don't use words of fear. Don't use words of failure, negativity. Don't use words of unbelief. And you're looking at me like, you've got to be kidding. What do I say then? That's the purpose of this message here today. (laughs) But don't use unbelief. Do you know how powerful unbelief is in, in a reverse way? Listen to this statement. People don't go to hell because of sin. Jesus took care of the sin problem. People go to hell because of unbelief. 
Because they never chose to believe. They never got to a point where they believed that Jesus took care of the sin problem. There was a ride out of there. You with me? Jesus has a bus going from there. And and unbelief, you're going to miss the ride. Okay? And so unbelief, let's just covenant with yourself. Don't use words of fear and worry and unbelief. And I'll show you how this works this morning. You're going to leave here in good shape today. Now, let me diagram something for you here. And uh, don't anybody be offended at this, but let this represent your head. Now, if if that is close to a likeness of you, it's totally unintentional, okay? So let's let this just be our head because our head is kind of like a box in that uh, we have ear gates, things come in. We have eye gates, we have memory banks. We have what I call brain trash that a lot of people have thrown in there, right? You've brought a lot of it in. Um, We've got all that going on. So we've got all these things coming into our heads. And this is actually the processing center. This is information central right there that everything's coming into there. All right. Now, here is your heart. Not bad, huh? Okay. So here is your heart. And what I'm going to tell you, this will liberate you. This, this will help you say, oh, I'm okay then. It is possible. And, and let, me, let me do this first. In your heart is where faith is. In your heart is where peace is. In your heart is where hope is. In your head, because of all the information that's coming in, that's where fear, and worry, and doubt, unbelief can get. Here's the good news. You ready for this? It is possible to have faith and hope and peace in your heart. And at the same time, have doubt and unbelief and fear in your head. Have you ever been there before? It's where you've got these moments with God and you just at peace. You're at rest. You have faith. It's, it's going to be all right. And then you turn on the news. Or you start talking to somebody or whatever. And all this is coming in. And now it's like, oh, I'm worried in this and unbelief and fear and all that. And guess what? You need to know this. It is possible to have those things going on in your head. And at the same time, you've got peace. You've got hope. You've got uh, faith in your heart. Are you following me? Now, what we ultimately want to do, and this is another message for another day, is learn how to combat these in your head. And the scripture says that you can cast down imaginations and you can bring thoughts captive. You can do battle. This is the battleground right here. This is the battleground. And so you can do battle there. And we'll talk more about that later. But here's the important thing. It is it is possible that you can have that going on in your head while at the same time you're okay in your heart. And sometimes we say we because of what's going on in our head and it's so loud, we feel like, man, I, I don't got anything together. And chances are you probably have some peace and some faith and some hope down on the inside. Here's the important thing. Watch this. Doubt, unbelief, and fear will never make it down into your heart unless it passes through your mouth. Doubt, unbelief, and fear will never make it down into your heart unless it passes through your mouth. So the way, one of the major ways to guard your heart is to guard your 
is to guard your mouth and not give voice, not kick this whole thing in to these things. Because you know what? Then they come down into our hearts and folks, listen to me. You cannot afford to have those things down in your heart. You with me so far? All right. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 13. And I'm building a case here. And since we have the same spirit of faith, everybody say spirit of faith. Spirit of faith, according to what is written, and this is quoting from King David, I believed and therefore I spoke. And Paul says this, we also, say me also, we also believe and therefore speak. So the spirit of faith, say that again, spirit of faith. Okay, you, for example, if you're going to be alive, your spirit has to be in your body. James tells us that, medical science tells us that. That the body without the spirit is what? Okay. You've got to have the spirit. Once the spirit leaves, the body is because it's the spirit that gives life. So, so it is with faith. And this reveals that faith has a spirit. How many of you want your faith to be alive? Okay. For the rest of you, you need your faith to be alive and vibrant and strong. You have to. Because faith is the thing that will help us to overcome. And so we have... Uh, the spirit of faith and how that is manifest is this, that it believes and it speaks, it believes and it speaks. And we're going to, that's what we're going to kind of unfold here this morning is we want our faith to be strong and vibrant, uh, overcoming. It's got to have a spirit to it. And the way that spirit operates is, is that you believe and you speak. Now, let me go ahead and do a little disclaimer here. I am not espousing name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. I'm not talking about that. That is error. That is extreme. That you just think that you can say something and then it's immediately yours. You know, uh, it doesn't work that way. And contrary to what some people teach, we do not have the mastery of words that God does. We're not able to just say what God like God does, say something, then it, it happens. If that were the case, it'd be dangerous. Because you'd be in traffic and you'd, you'd say to somebody, you're an idiot. And maybe they were a rocket scientist, but now they're an idiot. Why? Because you said it. Or you'd say things like, that tickles me to death. And then you'd be dead. And there'd be a lot of idiots driving around and you'd be dead. So aren't you glad we don't have entire mastery over our words. Okay. All right. And and you say, okay, I can't do anything right. Well, there you are the rest of your life. So we've got to be careful with our words, but yet I'm not. And there are some extremes with this. We're not talking about extremes. We're talking about using this in the right way. You know, scissors are great, but don't run with them. You know, uh, it's balance with this. And so it's not name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. This is using our words in a right way, using the spirit of faith so that we can overcome. Romans chapter 10, verse 6 through 10. But the righteousness, watch the words carefully. That's one of the keys to understanding the Bible is watching the words carefully. Just give it to you. Some of you are like, what? Never mind. Um, But the righteousness of faith, next word. Uh, hold on. You mean faith does what? Faith speaks. That kind of sounds like the spirit of faith that we believe in. Therefore we speak. Okay. So, but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. And then it says, do not say. So it's saying, this is, it doesn't say this. 
do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. The message Bible says we don't have to recruit a Messiah. Okay. So we're not having to go up to heaven and say, I wish Jesus would come down here and do something to help us. Guess what? He already has. And it says in verse seven, or who will descend into the abyss. That is to bring up Christ from the dead. The message Bible says, and we don't have to rescue our savior. So guess what? No one has to go down and raise, help Jesus rise from the dead. Cause he, what he already has. So part of faith is this, that God has already done. And now we appropriate by faith what he has provided for us. You with me on that? Verse eight, but what does it say? But what does it say? What does that mean? It say, who's it? Faith. What does faith say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach that if you say, that's me. If you confess with your mouth, for instance, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead, you'll be saved. This is a, for instance here for with the heart, one believes unto salvation, for instance, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the principle is this with the heart, you believe and with the mouth, you confess or you speak. It gives the example of the greatest miracle of all, which is salvation. And the way you got the greatest miracle of all was you believed and you spoke. So if that's the way to get the greatest thing, how many of you know it'll work on something less? Well, for the rest of you, it will work on something lesser than the greatest. Uh, when I was a little kid, we lived a, about three blocks away from a church that believed most of the Bible, but never taught salvation. And they had big high ceilings and I, I could go into a million stories of and my mom, some mornings, would just go out in the backyard and point to it and tell my brother and I, go to church. So we were little guys and, you know, we'd walk to church and get there. And I loved Sunday school. And I had a, a teacher named Mrs. Cogburn. And Mrs. Cogburn, and I went to school with, later on with her son. She was my Sunday school teacher. And, uh, and she's in heaven now, I think, I hope. Maybe she got out of that church and got saved. But uh, that's another thing. But um, I'm sure she made it. Um, but she would use the flannel graph. How many of you remember flannel graph? I think we'll throw in a few flannel graphs in the impact uh, initiative too. But I would go each week as often as we went and these stories would play out and they'd stick these characters up on this flannel board and they would stick and there's the Bible characters and the teacher would tell the story and I'm just enthralled and I'm sitting up front. Timmy, could you move back a little please? You know, and And so I'm getting these stories. And so I learned that this angel came and told Mary she was going to have a baby and it was from the Holy Spirit. And then I saw baby Jesus be born. I knew that one from home from Christmas. And then Jesus grew up and I saw him tempted of the devil in the wilderness and he won. And he said, it is written, devil, go away. And, and, you know, I got all these stories and then he did some miracles and then he was crucified on the cross and then they buried him. And then on Easter, we waited and he was going to come out of the tomb. And the teacher, Mrs. Cogburn told me, if you're good today, Timmy, you can roll away the stone on the flannel graph. So I was good. And I went to help Jesus get out of the tomb and he was already out. 
And I got all those stories. And guess what? As a little boy, where were those stories? They were not only in my memory, they were in my heart. And what was my posture toward them? I believed it. But it wasn't until years later and we were in a church and the pastor asked to meet with my brother and I. And he sat us down and talked to us and shared these things. He said, do you believe this? And I said, yeah, I believed that for a long time. But when I got born again, when salvation came into my life was when I not only believed, but then I confessed, I spoke. Here's the point. Faith is in two places. Faith is in your heart. And faith is in your mouth. You with me? Faith is in your heart and faith is in your mouth. And you've got to keep your heart and your mouth together. I cannot tell you how many scriptures point to this. That you've got to keep your heart and your mouth together. So we've got things in our heart. Let's keep our mouth together with our heart. So that the faith that's in our heart and the faith that's in our mouth can work together and cause something to happen in our life to keep us on the right track in our life rather than collide with itself. And we only get negative results. Are you following me so far? All right. So keep your heart and your mouth together. Now the spirit of faith is that we believe and therefore speak. You, are you with me? Cause we're, we're going to dive into something awesome here. So if we were to believe and speak, what, what is it that we are to believe And what is it that we are to speak? Well, let's take it in reverse. We are to speak what we believe. Guess what? Look at me. Everybody does that. Everybody. Because everybody has that spiritual mechanism. Everybody speaks what they believe. Hang out around the gas pumps. Hang out at the grocery store. Hang out wherever you are. And within a few moments, you're going to be able to locate what people believe about something. Because how are you going to know? Because you've got great discernment? No, because you're going to hear it. And it's coming out of them either in the form of faith or unbelief. It's going to be coming out and you're, you're going to be hearing what's going on with them. And so what should I believe? I'll tell you what you should believe and get this, get this, get this. You are, whoa, you are to, be- <laughs> gives his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. So it's like fall on Pastor Mike. Uh, you are to believe what God said about your situation. That's your job is to find out what did God say about my situation? And then you believe what God said about your situation. Then what should I speak? You should speak what God said about your situation. For example, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse five and six, it says this for he himself has said, notice he and himself up there, both capitalized. Who do you think we're talking about? God, he himself, God has said, here's what God said. I will never leave you nor forsake you as a result of that. So we say that's me. So we may boldly say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now, what right, what basis do you and I have that we can go around saying the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? We can say that because of what he said. What did he say? He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And it does you good to not just have that in your head and not just have it in your heart, but for you to say, I am never alone and I am never without help. Or we could choose a whole bunch of negative words and doubt and unbelief and everything else. And you know what? You're never going to gain traction in this life. And folks, you need some traction. Now, who do we say this to real quick on this? First of all, we say it to God that I agree with you, God, that you will never leave me and you will never forsake me. 
And that's just a, for instance, your job is to fill in the blank of what God said about your situation. And you believe that. And you say that now you're to say it to God. You're to also notify the enemy. Thirdly, you inform and fortify your own faith. And last of all, then you can say those things to others of like precious faith. So you're going to agree with God. You're going to notify the enemy. You're going to inform and fortify your faith. And then you can share that with other people of like precious faith. I would not recommend that you rent a booth in the middle of the mall and get a bullhorn and tell everybody what you believe. Because you know what? Jesus said, don't cast your pearl before swine. That's not calling any person a pig. It was just saying in that story, the pig had no capacity to appreciate the value of the pearl. And so this thing that is precious to you, you don't just throw that out in front of everybody because you're going to get made fun of. You're going to get misunderstood and all this kind of thing. It's something that you say to God. You let the enemy know. You inform your faith. And you can share it with other people that are like precious faith. The same kind of faith as you. They're praying. They're standing with you for something. You know what? God's going to come through for this for me. I'm believing God to heal me on that. I'm believing God will provide. That God will open this door for me. It's okay to say it to those kind of people. You ready? All right. Now I want to move on. How do we apply this? And I'm just going to take a couple minutes to do it, but I need some help with this. So I need three people that work with me really good up here, not act out in weird ways and can follow instructions really, really, really good here. David, come on up if you would. Come on. Everybody's getting shy on me now and looking at their, at their notes again. Go ahead and come on up with me and let me get somebody on this side. Anybody on this, on this side here? Oh, come on. So shy. Nance, come on up. All right, give these folks a hand as they come real quick here. All right. David, I'll put you in the middle. Okay, we're going to spread out just a little bit. Take a step or two that way. All right, we've got to get you this way so we can get you on here because of visual media. Okay, David, that's going to be you. Don't be offended. Okay, Nancy, it's going to be you. It's going to be you. Okay. And I'm sorry, I don't know your name. Nicole. Nicole, David, and Nancy. Okay? All right. Here's the principle, and then we're going to act this out We're going to, so that you do not forget it. How do we, in a practical way, live this out? What do I do with all the stuff you told me? My head looks like a block and this, and don't say that, and say this. And how do I make this all work? How do I make this... Uh, make a difference in my life. Here's the principle. Here's the takeaway right here. You ready for this? And if you've been around here, you've heard this before. Stay on the right side of the butt. Okay. Say that with me. Stay on the right side of the butt. Okay. So here's, here's how this works real quick here. Let's say that, uh, let's say that I've got uh, a physical situation, some kind of health issue. Here's what a lot of people do. And this is wrong. They'll say, well, I know that Jesus is my healer and by his stripes I'm healed. But I'm feeling bad. I think I feel worse than yesterday. Do you think I look bad? And and then I saw something on the news and I talked to somebody and they have what I think I have and they've gotten worse. Okay, now how do you feel on this end of it all? Okay. You know why we're on the wrong side of the butt and your faith does not have a spirit. Your faith is just laying there limp. So ladies, we're going to switch roles here. You go over there. You come over here. Let's get on the right side of the butt. Here's the situation. Let me say this. Faith does not deny. 
See, some people say, you know, I don't have any problems. I don't have any problems. I don't have any problems. And you got four truckloads. I don't have any pain. I don't have any bills. I don't have it. I don't have it. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Faith doesn't deny. Listen, faith is not so feeble and weak and ridiculous that it has to deny that there's a problem. Faith is what helps you to overcome. So we got to keep faith strong and vibrant and alive. So I don't, you don't deny it. Say, you know what? I've not been feeling good and I've got these symptoms going on. The doctor said this and I'm waiting on some tests to come back. And then you know what? Then I turn on the news and they're talking about that and this and this and this. I don't know how to say this in any other way, but I need a bigger butt. So, so blah, 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 blah. There we go. But the Lord is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer. And by his stripes, I am healed. And forget not all his benefits who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Guess how you feel on this then? Faith is alive. Faith is alive. Okay. You with me? All right. Let's do this then. All right. We're going to take. Okay. Go ahead. Ladies, you can put your sign down. Okay. Bill, is that about right? Trouble? Nancy? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Then let's just, let's talk about finances for a minute. Okay. Well, I know that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. He's my heavenly father. He knows what things I have need of. But I tell you what, I got so many bills. I got a, a bill I didn't even know I had. And they said I'm past due. And I was asked the wife how we were on savings. And she said, ha, what savings? And then they're talking and then they're talking at work about downsizing and so and so and so. And then how, how are you going to how are you going to feel here? Faith is just flat on the floor. Lady switch rolls again here. Switch spots here. And you say, what? Well, you know what? It's been a downtime. It's been a hard time. And I'm not going to kid you. And uh, I got behind on a few things. And, and we've depleted our savings. And there's talk around the shop about maybe, I don't know, some layoffs or whatever. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. God's my source. God's my source. My heavenly father knows what things I have need of. He'll take care of me. He takes care of the birds of the air and they don't do anything during it. He takes care of the flowers of the field and he takes care of squirrels that don't even know how to get out of the road. And he will take care of me. My heavenly father, God is my source, not the government, not the job, not my mama, not your mama. God is my source. Now, how do you feel over here? Faith is alive. Faith is alive. You with me? I right, can put those down. David, you're doing a good job. Okay, I'm just trying to get this burned into your brains here tonight. All right, let, let's let's uh, let's talk about uh, what did we do? We did health. We did finance. Let's do just just problems. Okay, just just problems. I know many are the afflictions of the righteous, and the Lord delivers them out of them all. But. The reality is I got so many problems and trouble situations. I got problems that have got problems that have got cousins that have got neighbors that stepsisters that have all come to arrive at me. Talk about problems. I, the reality is I, I and then how are you going to feel over here? Okay. Lady switch rolls one more time. Faith doesn't deny 
Uh, man, we got some situations and what a, what a season I've been in. And it just seems like, uh, and let me just insert this. Stop saying, you know, trouble comes in threes. <laughs> Shut that up. Okay. <laughs> All right. But I got some problems and man, I had some stuff just come out of left field. And then I messed up on this and, and it just, I tell you, I've, it's affected my sleep and stuff and, and just, wow. Everything always works out for me. And many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. And yeah, I might go through the waters, but they'll not overwhelm me. And I might go through the flood, but I'll not drown. And I might go the fire, but I'm not going to be burned up. I'm not even going to smell like smoke because the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. He will deliver me. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me as rod and his staff. They help me. They comfort me. And the Lord told me I'm never alone and I'm never without help. Amen. And faith is alive. So all the other stuff we talked about boils down to this. Stay on the right side of the butt. Say it with me. Stay on the right side of the butt. Will you give my helpers a big hand here? All right. Got something for you here. All right. This is a little 30-day devotional we wrote a while back called Transitions. And I got you two coffees at the cafe there too. And there you go. God bless you guys. Thank you. Y'all were awesome. Psalm 19.14. I'm telling you, it's all over the Bible. Psalm 19.14. Watch this. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength, my redeemer. Do your words matter? Your words matter. And as a spiritual discipline, we've got to get a hold of our words, have words that are loaded with kindness. But you know what? Let's make sure that we're not just opening our mouth wide and receiving destruction and ended up toward. We've been taught by our grandmas and by television and everything else to say these things. And, and, and we speak all kinds of bad stuff over things. Keep your faith alive. Believe and speak. What did God say about your situation? Choose to believe that. Choose to speak that. And here's the application. Stay on the right side of the butt as a spiritual discipline. You get anything at all out of this today? All right. Good deal.